Hey, welcome back and happy Monday here. Uh, you are visiting the Airport Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we count up the 130 glory, 37 glorious minutes of the uh, the greatest movie, disaster movie ever made, Airport, which was a 1970 uh, Universal film uh, produced by Ross Hunter. My name is Jim O'Kane. I am also the host of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli from uh, CovertOps.tv. And uh, today... And hopefully tomorrow we're joined by a personal friend of Egg Chen, uh, Josh Horowitz, co-host of Five Minutes of Big Trouble. Uh, the other host, of course, is our good friend, Brett Stillo, who's already been on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. This is great. I appreciate you uh, being here. Uh, this particular episode is called Full Throttle. And uh, we'll be getting to the reason why it's called Full Throttle pretty quick. But we are just finishing up uh, last week's bit of business with uh, we're Vern and Gwen trying to decide what to do about the uh, impending parent truth. <laughs> yes, the uh, the trip to Rome and the possible side trip to uh, Sweden. Yes, that's right. To a little so, clinic uh, in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so they're uh, they're sitting there parked talking about things, and Gwen talking about what a great guy Vern was for not, <laughs> not you're, kicking you're her a out. dog, Vern, but you're a first class dog. <laughs> yes, you're a, you're the Westminster Dog Show of dogs. She was thanking him for caring, and, you know, other guys would say tough luck and never heard of paternity suits. Yeah, uh, so Dean Martin agrees that, yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful guy. So they're, <laughs> they actually, through that entire conversation, they never actually figured out what they were going to do. Well, that's a separate movie. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn's going to pretend that they've got it all solved. And uh, she looks at dear old uh, Vern and says, you know, I think you do love me just a, a little bit. <laughs> And then, and then Vern goes, yeah, maybe a smidge. Yeah, just a <laughs> just a pinch, a little bit. Yeah. Now is is Gwen actually wearing a wig? That's not her real hair. It's a helmet. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a it's an Edith it's an Edith head head right, actually. Exactly. So, ah yes. Yeah, finest polyester and uh, <laughs> I guess chemicals not found in nature. It probably made out of the same thing that the shirt's made out of that. <laughs> That iridescent blouse that she's got yeah, on. That seems to be a theme. They have a lot of orange going on here. I mean, you've got her her outfit, you've got her hair, and then you've got that orangey beige upholstered seats with the white head sheets. Very, very yeah. late sixties, early seventies. That's the kind of thing that I remember growing up uh, and having around the house uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties. Those same type of couches. Yeah. It has that that terrible Ethan Allen look about it, and <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was wondering maybe if they're just trying to shoot for Oscar gold and trying to get everybody thinking, ah. "Well, this is gold." Mm, you know. <laughs> so it uh, it did pull in a couple of Oscars, but no, <laughs> uh, one for actually one for Edith Head, I believe. It is a weird mishmash of uh, of beiges and uh, and yellows. Even um, the flesh tone of Vern seems almost orange compared to Gwen. Yeah, he he was he was bronzer before it was cool. <laughs> The thing I'm loving most about this scene is that incredible depth of field where you can see all the way back to the uh, the tourist class lavatories, ah. uh, all very nicely lit, and uh, heaven knows where they hid the uh, the lighting for that. It looks like it's up by the pillows somewhere, but that's a that's a lot of set to light, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Vern or Gwen might be hiding some of those lights right behind her. Now, was this but, was this actually done on the real plane, or was this a set? This is a set. This is actually it's a set with a. They're, both both walls were wild, mm. and uh, they could move. You know, all, all the chairs could be moved away. It was, it was also built on top of a, a frame that could be rocked back and forth. Uh -huh. uh, there were you know there were several big teamsters outside pulling <laughs> up and down on the two by fours. Mm -hmm. It was Petroni. 
Yeah. Just rocking it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. It it's amazing. And you know, and also seeing the uh the snow falling outside. Mm-hmm. And and this is all part of that larger I mean, you think about the size of the stage because this set, the the seven oh seven set, is actually parked outside the gate thirty three set. Those two jetways lead down to it so they can have continuous uh filming mm. as as they climb on board. So it's just one gigantic stage. Haven't been able to find out what stage it was filmed on, but it's you know definitely down there on the Universal lot. I'm thinking one of the larger ones, uh, but just a an, just an amazing bit of set design to to get all that in and mm-hmm. uh, actually have it uh, have it all work at once. Hmm. Anyway, they they finish up nicely with uh, with all the with all their uh, deep heart to heart, and uh, of course rudely interrupted by the rest of the crew who. I think we're just waiting outside the door, listening, <laughs> listening carefully. Going, I think she's pregnant. Did you hear that? Is she pregnant? Ah. Yeah, they seem very good at, at quickly pretending to be doing something else, as if they've done this before. <laughs> yes, Captain, fix the light. Nothing. No. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. Wow. Yeah. This is uh, this is their standard operating procedure. Oh, you know what happened? Her pregnant, pregnant. Mm. And they're all wearing yellow. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was happy to see that Transglobal is an equal opportunity employer. Notice yeah, that yeah. one of the stewardesses is black, and and she is actually she is actually an American airline, a real life American Airlines stewardess. Uh, the the two at the front, the uh, the blonde as well, uh, were actual American Airlines stewardesses, and they were hired for <laughs> for this movie. Uh, the blonde was a representative of American Airlines in a lot of uh, trade ads. Hmm. The other two are just, I think they were Italian actresses that were hired specifically for their accents and almost, for the movie. And that it almost seems like the Marsha Brady twins have just entered in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, Did you get a load of that, at, uh, the uh, wallpaper on the screen oh, right? Oh, oh my God. That, that's amazing. Busy doesn't, you could, you could hide a multitude of stains on that thing. No one would ever notice any, anything going on. <laughs> it's almost like sure, a there's a lot test. of burn on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that uh, that that first class lounge there is amazing too. That little that little section there where you could sit down in flight. That, that's how empty this plane was. You could actually have an area that you could entertain people. I mean, was that that was based on that's how it was back then? They they yeah. had those Yeah, they actually had a a first class like a bar lounge you could sit around and chat. Do things like that, kind of like a semicircle that you could just play cards at and read newspapers. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I went to Korea a few months ago, and we flew KAL, and they actually had a bar in the back of the plane, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. But it wasn't as swanky as this. Were you able to yeah, take any of the bottles and put it in the cabinet? <laughs> just yeah, just just in case someone's having a party, <laughs> <laughs> the strangest party ever made. Uh, Gosh, I just want one of those uh, TGA blankets. It's amazing the detail that they had to put in those. When you when you look at the earlier seconds in this in this minute, you can see every seat has a has a stack of blankets over it. Mm. It's just it's an astonishing amount of uh, just ephemera that they remember to put in here. Mm. I'll try to st- I'll, I'll try to check the uh, the Goodwill uh, stores uh-huh. on uh, Ventura Boulevard and see if uh, any any still survived. There's an interesting. Um, at uh, second thirty-three, there's an interesting little tidbit on that that first-class lounge area that we were talking about. It looks like there's about thirty copies of. I'm guessing it's the Chicago Sun Times, mm. uh, but actual newspapers that I guess first-class passengers could pick up and mm. you know walk in and read the the, the evening paper as they're uh, as they're flying to Rome. Um, 
I I don't recall that in my in my travels as a kid seeing that, but I I, I only flew first class I think once or twice as a kid. Well, it was 1970, oh. so that could be the Monster Times. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that and that's film this magazine. Is, we're still trying to. <laughs> If uh, if they're flying on a, I'm still trying to decide whether this is a Friday night or a Saturday. Night. I believe it's a Friday night, and you know, I was thinking if it's a Saturday night, maybe that's the early, you know, the bulldog edition of the Sunday, uh, Sun Times, which would have been, gosh, you could, you, you know, you could you could fill bird bird cages for years with just one issue. Just knock. Imagine if that fell on your foot. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> If you put that over Guerrero, you wouldn't have to worry. You could make it back. You know, it would have plugged the hole in the oh. in the lap. <laughs> Quite a scene. Uh, Gwen is talking her way out of out of this whole situation, and we are uh, suddenly we're back out with the Melmobile. Mm-hmm. The Melmobile is pulling up next to the the maintenance truck with all those lights. Now I have a question and, for you guys. Yeah. That bus that's back there. Is it mm. possible that that might be something out of Doctor Who? It looks very much like the TARDIS. Yeah, it is a really the same color and everything like that. It doesn't need a police call on the back of it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a really, it's just a really strange. Uh, the amount of gear that they have here, I, I, I'm what I'm most amazed at is that lighting truck. I would never have thought that. Yeah, of course they're going to need lights, but it would never hit me that they'd have an entire truck. That I mean, where do they park that? Is it is it there year round that they have a a truck full of lights that they just drive out to the... I, I guess they do. I mean, it's something that you take out to the, to the runways. Only on special and, occasions. Well, yeah, they happen yeah. to know that some plane is going to go and you know make a sharp turn too soon in the snow, and then it's perfect. It's right there. Yeah, and they seem to be pointing the lights away from the airplane. I mean, it's, oh. I guess maybe they're using the, the headlights, but it's kind of too far. Well, they were moving it out of... Maybe they have moved it out of the way so that uh, uh, Joe can get Captain Benson to do his thing. They they've dragged that all out and they're they're ready to roll. Now, Mel took the car out to the out to the seven oh seven, and so I'm assuming that when we see when we see that scene of the seven oh seven powering up, it turns on its uh, headlights you mean, and you've you got mean the model. No, that's a real thing. That's uh, I don't I know about that. That's a real thing. Real snow. What do you everything. think, America? <laughs> Let us <laughs> know good. on Facebook. Pretty good model if it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's that's a real yeah, that's that's the real deal. And there, so there has to be some time going by because everybody's backed up, which including the Melmobile. So either Mel had a driver, which I didn't see him go out the door from uh, Ackerman to uh, to get into the uh, to the car. I, I think he's driving out there by himself. So time has to have passed because Mel's in that you know in the back of the cockpit there. Mm-hmm. And one of the thing, one of the things that I noted here. Is that I'm not sure who the actors are who play those pilots, but the one on the left sure looks like Alec Baldwin to me. Yeah, he well, his uh, big claim to fame was that uh, he played one of Catwoman's henchmen on uh, on Batman? the old Batman TV oh, wow. show. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So if you can picture that guy wearing a you know wearing a little furry hat with cat ears on it, that was. <laughs> and the captain is he? Uh, he looks yeah. French uh, somehow. He kind of looks like Rowan Atkinson from Blackadder. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> he's just got uh, or Belloc. I don't know. He just has, yeah, he uh, he's he was in a bunch of different uh, soap operas and mm. things. He was always playing like a doctor, some kind of professional guy, a cop, usually the disbelieving police guy. He was on a million episodes of like 
you know, police story. He probably was on uh, The Blue Knight. He was probably on another show with George Kennedy. But he, was, he was a regular TV guy mm. back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. I just love his look of utter contempt. Yes. When he's yeah. told what to do by Petroni. Yeah, don't tell me how to drive the plane. <laughs> uh, and Bert is in the back there just smoldering. He's like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I should be swimming in Connecticut somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I was so, I was thinking uh, about the pilot. I mean, you know, here's this pilot who was, you know, he was looking forward to getting off the plane after a long flight, you know, maybe heading to the Admiral's Lounge, putting on his monogram smoking jacket and his TGA mm-hmm. slippers, you know, sipping his martinis by the fire in that, that room with, I don't know how they have the fireplace, but, you know, no, he has to stay late in that cold plane and get an earful of orders from Petroni, the mechanic who he doesn't trust. So Yeah, yeah. And and this is the guy that screwed it up. Yeah. And he doesn't like being blamed. Because remember, at the first, like, three minutes into this movie, after after he craters the plane into the into the snowbank, he makes the co-pilot call it in. <laughs> like, very, very good at delegating blame. Yeah, he's delegating, exactly. He's pulling rank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he won't. He won't just stick it into full full power, and mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to be the one to blame. Yeah, good old. Uh, he looks a little like Louis Jordan, doesn't he? Yeah, there's something about his face. It's vaguely French looking. I can't mm. can't figure it out. And it, it never hit me. They're not wearing the same kind of coats. He's got like a like the co-pilot has kind of a a velour wool look to it. I mean, it's kind of it's not shiny. Mm. But he's wearing this like really shiny, almost like a like a waterproof raincoat, like an imperial uh, officer type outfit. Yeah, yeah, and it's double that double breasted. Well, he thing. is the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he gets the shinier suit. <laughs> yeah, he's just really taking the abuse, <laughs> but not yeah, but not taking. He's taking it, it like a man. Yeah, <laughs> doing okay. Wow. So, but yeah, he's he's just not going to listen to Joe. He's just gonna just gonna be that way, and let that let that plane you know that plane just. Great! It's a great little scene with the with the wheels just barely moving. On you're thinking, oh, maybe it'll go, maybe it'll go. And it's just like, uh, 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 and yeah, just yeah, you get you higher. get a sense of just the you know the the massiveness of that plane, and even to move yeah. that small amount, you know, when you see everything shaking like that, it it must take a lot of effort, and and you know there could be a lot of fragile stuff there. Yeah, and they've been you know they've been working it more than an hour at least because they're they're they had delayed. Um, the onboarding process for flight two. So they're at least an hour in where they've been, you know, uh, shoveling and laying down all those boards. Mm. I don't know why uh, Petroni bothers to go to the window. It's like, <laughs> you know, he's going to see what's going on if he's looking forward where they're looking, you know, maybe if can look, if he's passing the mailbox now. <laughs> but nothing, nothing gives. But good acting on all involved. Even the, even the co-pilot guy is just sitting here going, oh. Mm. <laughs> It's <laughs> not my fault. I'm the co-pilot. Do you know if, right. if there is a natural animosity between pilots and mechanics in real life? I, would hope I don't. Not. I would <laughs> think they would. I would think that they would want to be best buddies. With yeah, mechanics. you'd think that. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, there there's an animosity between um, their doctors. The pilots are always worried about the doctors, you know, grounding them and stuff. Mm. This could be. I, I'm trying to figure out if this is worthy of like an NTSB investigation. Did this guy do something where he screwed up the? Uh, operation of the airport and it was his fault so is he gonna get blamed or get you know dinged for improper uh management of his aircraft I, I'm, I'm not sure how that works yeah i'm sure 
I'm sure one of our listeners will write in. We do have a lot of uh, commercial pilots. I just want to give a shout out to the uh, the folks on the mm-hmm. Delta Pilots group that seems to be listening to our <laughs> our uh, our podcast regularly. So thanks for listening. But if, yeah, if you guys have any uh, uh, answers to what happens to a pilot that screws up like this guy screwed up, that'd be very interesting to hear about. Um, you can, oh, by the way, you can do that on uh, on any of our social media. We've got uh, Twitter is Airport Minute. You, you know the drill. Air, we've got it on Facebook, Airport Minute. You can also go to the Airport Minute Commanders Club. We also have our great big uh, website of airportminute.com where you can leave comments at the bottom of this particular episode or any other episode. So that that will always uh, help us find out a little bit more than what what we've been going through. We're just mostly guessing here. But Josh, this is a, you know this has been a really good minute. I mean, it, there's not much actually going on other than watching this guy drive it further into the snow. Yeah. But we should have some uh, some more stuff coming up uh, tomorrow. We actually have a different guest because I had a I had made a promise to somebody that they could have minute fifty uh, fifty four. Yeah, so no uh, we're gonna ask you for a Grover Cleveland maneuver here <laughs> and, and skip over the next term and we'll, we'll pick it back up on wednesday that's fine i can head back to the podcast express temporarily <laughs> awesome well great yeah, you can wait in the lounge right next have to the some, fireplace uh, yeah, have some uh sandwiches with the crust cut off nice uh but uh you can uh if you'd like to hear some more of josh he's over at the uh, five minutes of uh trouble five minutes of big trouble right five, five minutes of trouble that's right five minutes of trouble.com which is a web uh which is a, a podcast all about uh, the great John Carpenter movie, Big Trouble in Little China. If you enjoy that movie, or if you've never seen the movie, now would be the perfect time to watch it because now there's something to back it up and explain it to you. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great podcast, very uh, very deep, very uh, very funny, and uh, with two of our good friends over there uh, running it. So uh, check out, after you've, after you've listened to the rest of Airport Minute, uh, check out uh, 5minutesoftrouble.com uh, and, uh, and check out that podcast. Uh, but we will join you here tomorrow, and Josh, we will join you here on Wednesday uh, for another exciting edition. We'll find out if uh, Joe Petroni can yell loud enough in a guy's ear to motivate him. I'm betting again. Uh, we will join you all uh, tomorrow here on the Airport Minute. Until then, good day. Good day. Full throttle. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Thank you.